What's wrong with you people? Welcome to not another Baptist podcast, but man, we we don't have time for all of this stuff. So Kyle, nope. we got to talk about. Oh. We got to talk about it. There, there was so this report that was released this week. You know, you know, normally we would not talk about that on on no. this, but but this no. one is just too big. It's and and it, there's so many people talking about it, and we just we would we would be neglecting our duty. As trusted voices, if we did not address it, yeah, I think you. And, and I gotta say, Matt, you you oversold <laughs> the the trusted voices part, but but yeah, this is one of those things that I don't think we can avoid, and, especially since and, so and many let me people tell you, have seen it. Yep, and let me tell you, I agree. I, I I'm on board with the report, 100. Um, because because the drift that we have seen is too much, yeah, and it has to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, all of and them so, were going like yep. wide right. All of them were drifting yes. to the right. Drifting, and drifting, yep. Four of them in a row. Too far to the right. It was, yep. it was And then there was, there was some leftward drift as well. So, so we got to, there, there was some leftward drift as well. There was one that, that drifted left. Did did one go left? I, I thought all of them went one, to the One left. did go left. Nope, okay. nope. One did go left. So, so we got to address drift on the right, the drift here's on the, the left. Thing, here's the neat thing, though. You are forever etched in the annals of history for the National Football League. <laughs> yep. Worst playoff kicker ever. Yep. Oh my God. Yes. Report. And so, the report so the report is... I don't know what y'all were thinking we were talking about. Yeah. But the report what? we were talking about <laughs> is that Brett Maher may not have a job much longer because the Cowboys have apparently signed kicker Tristan Vizcaiano. Vizcano. This I don't know. But anyway, uh, Brett you better practice well this week or you yep. may not be on the yep. field on Sunday. That's right. Kyle. Right. <laughs> got to address the drift. Got to address the drift. <laughs> we, we just got to address that. Oh, man, it was that was such a sad, sad thing. Four in yep. a row. Like one. Like I, I just remember being like one. Oh, that's a bad day. <laughs> the second one, I was like, and, say what? And and I'm just and I'm watching the the social media reaction. And all I can think is this poor guy who has been one of the best kickers in the NFL all season. I mean, he's been solid and on the biggest stage of the year, um, he had just this terrible game that, that thankfully did not impact the game. It could have, it, it really could have come back and bit them uh, in a big way, but it didn't. Um, and I was just thinking, man, this poor guy, I mean, he, cause he's so good and it's obviously just a, Something happened in that moment, you know. As baseball fans, the yips happen. Um, yep. You know, uh, you you think back to um, oh, there was a guy for the Yankees um, uh, back in the nineties well, who, who just forgot to who yeah. forgot how to throw to first base. No, and, that, it, even more recently, the Altuve, the uh, COVID year, mm, when yeah. I don't know if you remember, like it would be these like ten feet throws to first base, and he's like. Uh throwing it straight on the ground. Yeah. Like, oh, this was a bad, and, day. A bad yeah. day. But speaking of, if you are looking for trustworthy Christian higher education that equips you to think biblically, reason truthfully, and share God's word effectively, Texas Baptist College is a place for you. TBC focus is Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused. And the best way to experience TBC is to attend its spring preview day on March 31st. Tour the campus, speak with faculty, 
chat with students, and experience the unique campus community of Texas Baptist College during Spring Preview Day. Register today at texasbaptistcollege.com forward slash preview. I'm not sure if that's, like, I don't really know the story of Brett Maher, um, where he went to college, so I don't know if he would, like, if he finished, uh, or if maybe he was drafted before he graduated, but maybe that's an option for him, uh, because clearly, if things don't turn around very quickly for this gentleman, he's going to have to go to Texas Baptist College. Uh, but don't, be don't, looking for a job. don't let that be your last resort. Let that be your first stop for Christian higher education for your college uh, path. Uh, Kyle, yeah. hey, man, uh, we both recently uh, had Disciple Now, Winter yeah. Retreat, whatever you want to call it. Uh, your church did it. Uh, my church is uh, about to do it. Um, they do more of a spring retreat type thing. This more kind of their version of Disciple Now. But I was able to go to one uh, for Denman Avenue uh, Baptist Church in Lufkin, Texas. Uh, Don Scrivener is a uh, youth pastor there, student pastor there, good friend of mine and listener of the pod. And uh, so we got to hang out, eat some money food. Oh, it's good. Piney Woods Baptist Camp or Piney Woods. I think it's just Piney Woods Camp. Uh, outside of Groveton, has some of the best camp food I have ever had in my life. And uh, we had a great time. Uh, we did drift bikes, drift trikes, actually. And uh, think tricycle down on the ground, kind of a, oversized a bit, and then bigger tires in the back, and this kind of like uh, three-leaf clover type uh, um, racetrack. And so lots of turns. And uh, massive tires that you're bouncing into and everything else as you're drifting around the track as you go uh, far too fast. Um, I don't know yeah. how none of us didn't break a leg or whatever, <laughs> but but we did have a great time. Cool. Uh, but as we were kind of talking about our experience and, and some of the things we uh, wanted to talk about in the uh, coming year, one of those being uh, pastor involvement and the ministries of the church. Um, and so we get it. Uh, and, and this one is going to be more for, you know, the size churches that are going to have those ministries in general. Your church might be so, you know, so small or normative that maybe they don't really have youth activities, vacation, Bible school, stuff like that. Um, and so this is kind of more for those that are just above that tier and up uh, where this is. Th these are some great opportunities uh, to make an impact in the different yep. ministries of your church. And so this isn't really vacation Bible school season, so we're not really going to focus on that. On that. This is yep. Disciple Now season and maybe winter retreat season and some of that kind of stuff. Yep. And uh, and so I thought one one of the things that first comes to mind when I think of the, the value there is typically the pastor is going to know the older generations of the church better. I'm not talking about necessarily the senior adults, but the parents and up. I mean, that's generally going to be the people he's around, the people he's going to be visiting in hospitals, making home visits. Generally, the pastor's not going to be the one that no, normally is not going to be the one that goes to the school for lunch, uh, you know, with students. He's not generally going to be maybe the one that's always going to the ball games, uh, you know, the marching band competitions. Usually that's going to be the youth guy, uh, if there is one, even a volunteer. However, when you have a Wednesday night program or some kind of a special activity, so let's think in terms of Wednesday night, kind of that you know midweek gathering for the students or that midweek kind of early in the year gathering like a disciple now. 
Um, one of the things that I think is so valuable to at least making a genuine appearance, like just show it, you don't have to even stay for the entire retreat, but maybe going and spending some time is the value of having all of those students together, not seeing you in your suit behind the pulpit or whatever you wear or whatever you preach from, sorry, Kyle, pub table, uh, but a <laughs> chance for them to see you jeans and a t-shirt, normal guy hanging out with a bunch of youth and the adults and just seeing them kind of on their turf doing their thing, playing some gaga ball with them, playing some nine square with them, sitting in on a small group session. You know, they, they'll ask questions usually of you and, and, but you're, you're just a part of them sort of on their turf and, and being a part of what God is doing in their uh, ministry and also showing that you care about it enough to go and uh, and to sit in on it and and be present for some of it. Not the whole thing necessarily, unless you want to, uh, but it, it's, it's so valuable because you have them all there together, people that you don't normally have the easiest way to have a great relationship with uh, that you get to kind of be on their turf. Kyle, do you concur or, or what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I would say as often as possible. So um, at our church, um, our pastor, Adam, uh, he really does. He, he's a former youth pastor as well. So he, he's got a background in youth ministry. Um, but, but he's really good, especially on Sunday morning. Uh, he'll come down and, and kind of the youth are mingling before we, we break up into our uh, individual Sunday school classes. Um, he comes down and he's, he's available. He's talking with the kids. Um, and then occasionally on Wednesday night, he'll, he'll drop in as well. Um, but even so this last week we had our, we had our disciple now, uh, winter, winter weekend, I think is what we called it. Um, and he even dropped in for a little bit on that. He didn't stay the whole time. Um, you know, when, in, in both of the, uh, churches where I served as pastor, um, I, I was pretty involved in the youth ministry. Um, the first one, uh, we, we had a, a mom who was a volunteer, kind of a volunteer youth leader. Um, and, and I went to camp, uh, with our youth every summer, um, was really involved in even on their Wednesday night stuff. I would teach that occasionally. Um, and really got to know the students there as well as I did um, when, when I was a youth minister. And so, Pastor, if if you have students, um, wh- whether you have a full-time youth minister, part-time youth minister, volunteer, um, if you have students, if you have children, you, you want to be involved in those ministries as much as you can. And so if if it makes sense, if you're available and you can go to children's camp or youth camp, take that opportunity. If it's as simple as the only thing you can do is drive the bus to get them to camp, do it if, 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 if that works. Um, and, you know, if there, there's a winter retreat or a weekend or something like that and you can drop in, um, make sure that you do that so that your, your students can get to know you. Because uh, don't even if you are not the primary leader of that ministry, um, you can still have a huge impact on the lives of the students in your church. And, and I, in fact, I would even say this, if you are not involved, if, if the, the students are not getting to know you as pastor, um, that is going to be detrimental, I think, in the long run, um, because they'll have a connection to the youth ministry, but not necessarily to the larger church. And, and I think those connections are what help keep students in church once they're gone to college. Um, and, and even you know, look, if you have the opportunity with graduating students and you can help plug them into a church, help connect them to a church in the community, wherever they're going, do that. Be involved in 
the student ministry as much as you possibly can, as much as it makes sense in in your church context. Yeah. So so I guess if, if we were to make a list, and, and this is somewhat on the fly as we're we're visiting about that. So number one, just be involved. Uh, have some presence there. Um, you know, maybe not all the time. You you may not even be able to commit to an entire week at camp. If you can, great. Um, obviously, would be wonderful if you could. Uh, but we realize you're you're spending a lot of plates, and uh, but yeah. so is that youth. Yeah. Guy. It means a lot to him, and uh, and and but it means a ton to those students for them to see you yeah. kind of out of your element, cut up with them, you know, enjoy those meals with them, and and so. You know, one one of the best things you can do is communicate, which is key anyway. Communicate with your youth guy. Say, hey, I would love if there's a time that you would like for me to be there this weekend. Let me know. Uh, or if you don't want me there, <laughs> let me know. But if you if there's a certain time that you would like for me to be there, either to maybe answer some questions or to dig in deeper with something, or what's the best time in the schedule where I'm not going to be a distraction from anything you guys are doing. But maybe I can come in, maybe eat lunch with them and then hang out for some of the free time and and then stay for the, you know, the worship that night. You know, if if that's how our schedule was, was we had like lunch, some free time and some organized games and then the evening uh, worship uh, gathering or session. And so that would have been a great time uh, if if I was pastor that I would have just popped in during that. If I didn't couldn't stay for the whole weekend or whatever, come in, you know, four hours, you've had a meal with them. You've played some games with them, and you've sung some praises and, and studied God's word with them. A, a great little window of time in three, four, five hours, and you're done. And the so that's kind of idea one, just your presence. Number two, and this is one where th- this is going to be if you have a youth group, if you have a kids ministry or something like that that has you know an organized time like this, is consider a little swap uh, where maybe the youth guy comes and does your prayer meeting. If you still do a prayer meeting on Wednesday or Bible study, whatever you do on Wednesday, swap. And then you go over and teach the youth. Or if you even have a organized kids and youth or whatever, do a rotation where maybe the kids director goes over and, and teaches the, you know, the prayer thing and youth guy comes over here, you go over there and just kind of spin them around. Because one, it builds kind of a a pipeline between the kids ministry and the youth ministry where there's some relational uh, connection there, uh, where the youth guy is going to be known by some of those older kids that will be coming up, but also it it gives that youth guy a chance to get in front of your your older folks and gives you a chance to be in front of the the teens. So uh, that's my second suggestion: is maybe considering a little pulpit swap, for lack of a better word, where you go and teach the youth on a Wednesday and he comes and does the uh, prayer uh, prayer thing. You think that's a good idea? Bad idea? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I would say if, if it makes sense in your context, yeah, do that. Um, and now for us, it's it's easy because we both have backgrounds in youth ministry. Um, so so teaching teenagers is still a pretty natural uh, thing for me. If you have never, and that's precisely why I became a pastor. Yes, <laughs> that's right. But if one last in the event that you did not, I was done. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, now, in the event that you have not spent time in youth ministry, you've not spent a lot of time teaching teenagers specifically, um, that, like sometimes they're just groups of people that, that are scary. For me, Matt, believe it or not, preschoolers terrify me. Um, 
teaching preschoolers specifically is one of the scariest things. So, so our, our church has like a little PDO parents day out thing. Uh, and they asked me to come in and do chapel. Now it's like 10 minutes, right? And I'll bring my guitar and sing some songs. And then we'll talk like five minutes on a Bible study. But that's terrifying to me. For some reason, man, those little kids just scare the living daylights out of me. So if, if that's uncomfortable for you, it doesn't mean you don't do it. It means maybe you just sit down with your youth pastor and like, all right, help me help me kind of take my normal teaching style and maybe shift that just a bit for, for youth. But the more important thing is you're making connections. So we do we do a Wednesday Bible study and uh, Wednesday noon Bible study and prayer meeting, and occasionally our youth pastor will teach that. Occasionally I'll teach it, and it just it helps get somebody that the in that case the senior adults don't normally see uh, on stage or, or hear teach that they get to interact with us. Um, and the same is true for the youth, right? You know, as as much as you hope that they're paying attention during your sermon. That they they may be passing notes back and forth on Sunday morning or completely uh, spaced out, but but it gives you a different context to be able to connect with them. And so yeah, from time to time, you know maybe you make that once a quarter. If your youth pastor is doing a series, maybe you know you step in and and um, if if he uh, invites you to do so, speak on a certain topic in that series. Um, but as much as possible, again, you want to be involved in the lives of your students. And, um, and, and again, I think what you said is important. It's important they see you outside of the pulpit, right? So in jeans and a t-shirt, um, you know, b- believe it or not, you show up at a park on a Wednesday night in the summer in shorts, and, and that changes the idea and the understanding of who the pastor is um, when you're out there playing nine square or um, playing dodgeball with them. That, that's fantastic. Bro, I still remember. We so growing up, First Baptist Grand Prix. I don't think he listens to this, but I know there's some members of First Grand Prix that do. And so I, I wonder if this gets back to him. Dr. Scar is like all of three and a half feet. He makes you look like Aaron Judge. Uh, he's, he's taller than that. But anyway, uh, I only ever saw him in the suit. And when we would have Disciple Now, he would wear the suit, but put the shirt. Over Put the t-shirt the, on. The <laughs> yeah, I love it. Love yeah. it. So love that it. was that was the only thing I ever saw until uh, middle school. Matt, maybe early high school. Matt is at the FLC. We had a gym with a walking track and racquetball courts and all that kind of stuff. I didn't even know what racquetball was. That was where we played kickball man, or or dodgeball. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, you got hit every which direction. But anyway, yeah. we played racquetball. I didn't even have a concept of this thing. <laughs> And I'm walking back there, like to go up on the walking track, and he's coming out. And I will forever have in my mind just etched the sight of his chest hair climbing out of his like shirt and going over the collar and being like, Oh, that I'm glad you wear a suit. <laughs> like, I, I am now really glad that you wear a suit. But it was just like earth shattering. Like I, yeah. I thought this guy like went to bed in a suit. Like, I mean, that's just, I only ever saw him in a suit and it made him so much more relatable to me. Yeah. So seeing him just dripping in sweat, everyday guy with shorts and a t-shirt. And I, I loved him even more after that because he just seemed yeah. more approachable, more relatable, all of that. So, so the first church that I served um, as a worship leader in college, so I'm, 
this is before we got married, so I'm 20 years old, 1920. Um, I, I was the worship leader, but we had like a handful of, of youth. There wasn't really a youth minister, so I would I started doing some stuff with them. And um, we, we, we had the little softball field behind our church, so we would go there and, and play um, softball after like Wednesday night, especially in the summer. And our pastor, who he was bivocational, but every I mean, he showed up dressed up regardless. So Wednesday nights, like he wouldn't wear a tie, but he was in he was in dress pants a white shirt and, and a coat. And uh, Wednesday nights when we got done, he would come out and he would play softball in his dress shoes, dress pants, and a shirt. Um, and, and man, fantastic. I mean, there's nothing like having a, a pastor pitch to you in almost a full suit. <laughs> and there was one time, like I very nearly lined it right back at his face. Like, like we're talking inches. Um, he And, and cat-like reflexes, he put his mid up, snagged the ball right before he lost the seat. Wow. <laughs> it was, it was phenomenal. Um, but man, just, you know, so you don't have to be cool, right? Don't, don't, don't buy into the, man, I got to wear the, I, I got to wear a hip t-shirt. I got to wear, no, no, just show up, show up, let your students get to know you. And, um, and you'll be amazed at, at the work that God does in their lives, just because you as pastor are investing in them. So be present, make make some meaningful appearances when they have special activities. If they're going out to eat or something, I mean, pop in on it, especially if it's a good place to eat. Make the youth pastor pay, um, you know, but but go absolutely and, and be a part of what they're doing. You don't have to be at everything, uh, you know, because you, you don't want to you, you don't need to be. Uh, but making some meaningful connections there, you would just be surprised how much that's going to benefit your sermons. And they're hearing of your sermons because they've seen you playing softball in almost a suit or whatever, uh, you know, and feel free to own the old guy thing. You know, like, you know, I, I'll say all the, you know, drip I'll just purposely and often misuse it on purpose. But that just it, it helps you relate. It, it's OK. And uh, and then also, you know, be be available uh, and, and involved in what they're doing. Uh, and the final little encouragement is in this, this is just part of all of that is don't be the dictator, uh, where you're micromanaging everything he does. Uh, but also don't be the guy that's aloof that just assumes he's, he's doing everything. Be, be involved, uh, find that middle ground of being involved. Y'all talk about what would you like to see in the youth, the kids ministry, all of that kind of stuff, dream together, pray together, pray for these students together, partner together, uh, because so many of our churches can end up being kind of siloed out where you've got kids, men doing their thing, following their thing, doing everything on their own. You've got the youth ministry doing their thing, believing their, all that kind of stuff. You've got the adults, the choir, all, all these kind of partitions. But we really see in scripture a family together that has all things in common. And so, you know, yes, there's age appropriate things that we do and dig into and, and, and do, and that's part of it. But find a way to, to kind of bounce off, pulpit swap, yep. you know, whatever it is. Kyle, send us out with some final thoughts yep. and then we'll, we'll get hey, out. Hey, thanks. And, and again, this applies, <laughs> and again, this applies whether you have um, an organized youth ministry or not. If you do teenagers, still find a way to be involved in, in their, in their lives. And thank you so much for listening. Um, we, we don't take it lightly that, that you listen every week and we really appreciate it. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare.
What's wrong with you people?